Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Evan. And we are the hosts of the Too Vague podcast today for you. Our word is the word change. So we're not talking about coinage, but I will be talking about coinage at some point. What what does the word change mean to you, Evan? Well, to generalize it, I believe change is something that's been too big part of a like too big of a part of my life, if that's mm-hmm. the best way to kind of put that sentence together. Uh, how so? So it's kind of like a sad backstory, but who doesn't love one of those? Okay. I had had so much change in my life where whether it was voluntary change or sudden change, I've always kind of learned to adapt to it. Right. So the overall gist of change has been by far the best thing that's happened to me at the same time, like most tragic as well. So it's kind of been like that word for me. Right. If I could describe anything in my life, it's been change. I would say... Um, to me, change, it's kind of like a Zen-like word. It's two sides of a coin, basically. There's there's positive and the negatives in change. Right. We, we 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 enjoy comfort as humans. It's like that's where we're where we're comfortable. And what does that mean? That means a lack of change. Would you agree or would you Yeah, there's definitely people who don't want to change. Right. People changing yeah. themselves, but like change is a concept. Change is a concept. Well, regardless if we want it to happen or not, things are going to change. Exactly. That's the thing. Right. And people don't want to accept that right away. People don't want to have that be a big part of their lives. Right. One day everything could be, you know, like quote unquote, like great. But the next day it's like everything's in shambles. Right. Does that go off of what you decided to do to change or was it because you changed nothing at all? Right. Right. Exactly. I think when it comes to navigating changes in life, you you can't just ignore what, what's, what's coming, right? You can't just ignore because at some point they'll catch up with you. Um, you have to basically navigate the best way that you know how. I think one of the problems is that people worry about the change that's coming that they don't know what it is change by its very nature is unpredictable right absolutely there there are changes that you make to adapt to a situation the greek letter delta delta (laughs) yes yep the triangle (laughs) the delta the lowercase delta looks like a sperm it does doesn't it yeah actually it's fun to draw too (laughs) not to get off off topic The change that we go through day to day is both refreshing and it's also kind of scary. Absolutely. Yeah. You said change is is a word that you really connect with now because of things that have happened to you in your life. Is there a part of you that is fearing more change? Are you trying to find some sort of balance with making your own changes and changes occurring in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you kind of described exactly what I was going to say in a way. Um, back back in the day, quote unquote, I went through a lot of change that I thought was right for me at the time. Right. I Decisions, right? Yeah, absolutely. Made. Decisions. And those decisions definitely impacted who I am today. Right. 
I, to this day, still make so many, (laughs) if you ask anybody, I'm the one indecisive person because I don't like to dedicate myself to too many things. Right. I thoroughly enjoy, it's more of um, adrenaline to me is what's going to happen. I don't like to plan too much in the future, but just enough that I would feel secured. Right. Right. So I guess kind of going back to do I like the change in my life now? Right. Absolutely. Because I feel like I'm in more in control of what is going to happen. And I've come more to terms with whatever happens, happens. Right. And that's a dangerous saying, actually. I've heard heard quite a few people say things along the lines of people who like to live by that saying of whatever happens, happens. But there's a point at which you can be complacent when you say that, right? You can say it in two different ways. You can say what happens, happens. And that is you're going to react and navigate appropriately based on what happens right or there's whatever happens happens and you just don't give a shit right (laughs) i mean there's so so i think that that's one of those things it's like you know it depends on how you look at it i kind of do a little bit of both right that's the dangerous side (laughs) well if you do a little bit but you know like i was gonna i was gonna tell you in my with my my ancient wisdom or whatever (laughs) um that i have found my my key to happiness as far as navigating changes in my life has always been maintaining a balance. Mm-hmm. It's doing things for yourself, doing things for others, being open to things. Then again, you're letting yourself, you're being vulnerable, right? Yeah. Like I said, it's a balance, right? It's a tricky thing. And if you just think of it as you don't want to go too far one way or too far another way, you just make fine adjustments as you go. And it's a lot easier to maintain your happiness if you're making fine adjustments along the way as opposed to making really radical changes along the way. Yeah, Because absolutely. then that, that kind of brings confusion. <laughs> it brings right? confusion and it brings a lot of chaotic energy, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> if you're reflecting right now, mm-hmm. what do you think one of the most dramatic changes that you've gone through that didn't turn out quite the way that you wanted uh, so this is going to get pretty grim okay. if you're comfortable with that. Right. If if you're not okay with it, you can skip ahead. Um. So personally, this really kind of hit out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um. So back in 2017, I was still in high school and my mother was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. She was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. Okay. And I remember kind of like starting to grow up and developing and i was taking care of my younger sister at the time so i was already kind of experiencing like a a parenthood i guess is the best way to say that nurturing and caring for yeah yeah yeah, absolutely so i we had sold everything we had already made a plan to move a i got a call one morning very drastic change right um they called me and said your mother will die today And I was not emotionally prepared for that, nor was I ready for that because she was doing so much chemo and we really Hmm. swore that like this was this was it. Like she was gonna be just fine. Right. Um, so I'd gotten the call, said, Well, I can't get anywhere. I don't have a license, I haven't made any of those adult developments where I could therefore drive or go see her. So I'd called up one of my my aunts. Right. And she picked up the phone. She drove us to the hospital. And 
I kind of went through this, an adrenaline rush where instead of kind of showing my true feelings, I go through a very defensive kind of like, you need to tell me what's happening. I know I'm younger, but I need to know the truth. Right, right. So I had- Don't candy coat it for me. Don't candy coat it, especially with something this serious, right? right? So I called her primary doctor and I said, hey, what's happening? They're like, they basically just said she's, she's dying of organ failure. There's not much we can do about it. Right. So this is kind of something really dark and grim that I hold to myself, but I'm more than willing to share with the listeners because talking about it helps me develop as a person. I talked to the nurse who was taking care of us and I said, well, she's not going to make it right. And she was basically kind of like, no, she's that that's it. We've kind of done the best that we could. So I remember I pulled her to the side out into the hallway and I was there with my sister and a few other family members. And I described to them that like we, her and I had had a conversation. She was very open about her sickness. Right. She wanted to. Your mom, you mean? Yes, my mom. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. (laughs) Um, She described that if she ever got to that bad of a state that she wanted to not be here, she didn't want to suffer through it. Right. So I said, is there any way we can just cut, pull the cord, pull the cord essentially. And the nurse said, well, yeah, of course. It took my mother 10 hours, 10 hours to to die, to pass. They had put um, morphine in her and I stayed with her all the way. She died at 4.10 in the morning on July 4th. Oh, wow. It was a very long process. Um, June 4th. My, My apologies. June 4th. Okay. Um, back in 2017. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Definitely been processing and growing and kind of dealing with the guilt as it is because internally I feel in a way that I was the one who killed her because I know, I know that is definitely not a very healthy way to cope with it, but I got better with it, but I definitely lived with that guilt for a long time. Is that because you made the decision? Yes. Okay. Based on her wishes. Yes. Um, <laughs> kind of funny in the grim. Um, so I called up my brother to finish up the story. He came down and was like, cool. Like I just graduated maybe two weeks ago prior to her passing. Right. Um, so my brother comes down from Tucson, hence where we are now. He right. said, cool, pack up. We got to go. This is a, my first out of state experience. Mm-hmm. B, um, my first longest car drive, which took 13 hours to get here. From from where? Colorado. I'm from, okay. from Denver, Colorado. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, we packed up. We got over here. But that was by far the most tragic, dramatic change I've ever experienced in my life was watching your mother die in front of you. Right, right. Um, kind of having, like, the upper hand choice of that. Right. And then, therefore, being completely uprooted and moved to a completely different state. Right. And that was... A lot of change all at one point (laughs) in time. Yeah, you're telling me. Very, yeah. Um, Yeah, Very concentrated. But the the funny part is we had spoke to the doctor. Okay. He pulled us into, like, a little conference room. And he goes, do you think you made the right decision? And my brother jokingly kind of looks at him and goes, well... Can we go back and change it? Right. Like, what What, what do you fu- say to that? Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, 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 uh, 
Okay, I don't want to get on a, no. get on a road. <laughs> the things that comes out of people's mouths, like what the fuck <laughs> are you thinking? Oh my it's god! It's like why do people say what they do? Works. But um, my father died um, right. uh, October or October of last year, mm-hmm. and very sudden. Um, he had called a few days, like you know, maybe a week before, and said it's not a big deal, but I'm going in and I'm having some, um, I'm going to, I, you have to have a quadruple bypass. Um, they said that it's got to be done now. So, you know, I wasn't going to tell anyone. My first instinct when, when he said that was, are you fucking serious? You're not going to tell anyone you're going in for a quadruple bypass. But, but I mean, I know that that's my father, right? right? So he doesn't want anyone to worry about him. Basically. So he goes in, Gets the surgery, goes home, and is, you know, recovering at home. Mm -hmm. And I get a call from my brother. Dad died last night. Yeah. I mean, he'd been at home for just about a week. Got up to go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom, went back to bed. It was very early in the morning. And then stumbled, fell, and then said something to my stepmom and she called thinking that, you know, called, um, she called 911 and said, I need someone to help me get this, you know, this big man up because he fell down and, you know, I can't, I can't lift him up. Right. And then by the time she checked with him again, he was gone. Yeah. yeah. So and they think it was some sort of blood clot that, 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 um, that caused it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I can I can totally relate the the one thing though that I can say that I'm very thankful for is the fact that we kind of all the things that we needed to clear up from when I was younger had all been cleared up. I mean it was we were we were having the best relationship. We you know he would call me every weekend, we'd talk about stuff, we'd he was probably more involved than he ever was in my life and we were just talking every weekend right right and the fortunate thing is you know if there is a fortunate thing i don't have any regrets about what i said or what what was said right or you know i wish i would have told him this or i wish i've told him that and one of the things to kind of honor his memory that i made a decision was basically to do this podcast because he would listen to me. I would be a guest on other podcasts. And every time I was on another podcast, he would listen to it. You know, it was a little, it was nerdy shit, but right. he, he had no friggin' clue what I was talking about. I'm almost certain, but he still <laughs> listened and provided feedback. And I was telling him one day, I was like, you know what? I'm thinking about maybe doing some streaming or maybe doing some sort of podcast myself, but I'm not quite sure about it. And he goes, I was wondering when you were going to get around to that. It's very obvious that you you enjoy what you're doing. It's right. like you can totally tell that you really enjoy doing it. So he passes. I deal with deal with as much as I can deal with um, emotionally, kind of get through that part, and then decide in March I'm going to do it. I'm going to make you know make a podcast, kind of yeah. in his memory, but sort of you know not right it's like it's something it's something i wanted to do and it's something as a hobby 
and just explore it just to kind of remember. So, I mean, that's that's a little origin story of the podcast. <laughs> that's but, so cool. But, but, I mean, that's a change that has had a, what I what I think is a positive impact because, you know, maybe I wouldn't be doing this, right, had it right. not been for that. It's it's something I discovered that I really enjoy the whole process and, and learning about how to do this podcast because of that reason. You know, it's a it's a tremendous change losing a parent. You know, it's it's something that it's what it's how you deal with it going forward. This change occurs. It's something really shitty. And yet something came from it that wouldn't have necessarily come from it. Right. Yeah, I yeah. made a discovery. Are you familiar with David Bowie? Of course. Okay. Of course. The song changes. I think I've maybe only heard that song a few times. Not Seriously? Yeah. That's a, that's a classic. That's right. a classic. One of my favorite lines from that song is, time may change me, but I can't trace time. Time may change me, but... I can't trace time. I can't trace time. It's, I mean, it's true. Right. It's very true. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where... Coming to terms with that, right? Coming right. to terms with that, you can't you can't figure it out. But you know, it's 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 life. It is in a very very concise sentence. So David Bowie was a brilliant man, and Chris would say too soon because every time we mentioned David Bowie, it was it really was. Yeah. He oh, yeah, yeah. died when I was in high school. It was like. No, it was it was a weird time. Yeah, it was it was because a lot of the kids that I hung out with in high school they they all took a particular liking to David Bowie. Yeah, so well, he he had he had his phases, but he was always changing his music and he was always innovating his style. And going out with the album that he like you know like right at the time of his death. Mm -hmm. I mean that's probably that's you know pretty amazing power move kind of thing it's like you know putting out something really really good right before you die he was so, a power move he, he was just overall was yeah. a power oh move. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely yeah another thing about my father he used to jokingly say use the phrase that you're entering a new phase of your life i love that saying do you i do what do you, what do you like about Entering a new phase of your life. I love character development. Right. Okay. Been in love with anime uh -huh. for over 11 plus years now. I started at a very young age. Starting a new phase of my life. You never know when you hit it until you have those like could be in the shower or right. when you're having those zone out moments where you truly start to appreciate your surroundings uh -huh. and you start to realize there's new people in your life. There's new, uh, like I just moved. Right? Right, right, right. So I feel personally like I'm going through a new phase of my life or a right. new change in my life. Exactly. New environment, new people. And it's, and it's a change that's, that's not just one thing. It's everything. It's right? everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what denotes, um phases of a yeah. life it's like if if there's an extreme amount or a number of changes happening simultaneously yeah yeah 
or um, a new chapter, I right. guess. That's that's what I was looking for, a new chapter. A new chapter. A new chapter, because I love to tell the story of me. Maybe it's because I'm a Leo. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but overall, I really, I love to share the story because I feel like I've gone through so many character developments. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I hate to break it to you. What's up? More to come. I'm so excited. More to come. And I'm that's so annoying. You know, and that is a really positive attitude is to be excited. Because when I was your age, I think I wasn't excited. Right. I was just trying to figure shit out. I wasn't excited about change or about where my life was going. I was just kind of treading water for the longest period of time. And then when I started recognizing those things and appreciating changes in my life, that's when I started to enjoy myself. And right. that's when I started, you know, like with panic and anxiety, that's when that stuff started to subside a little was when I stopped, when I stopped not giving, you know, not caring. Right. You know, or, or not acknowledging that things change and you can either adapt to those things or not. Absolutely. And that, the, the way to be happy is to adapt and, and observe and, and, and navigate. So I have kind of something similar to add on to that. This is really grim for a pro like for a podcast and you can, you're more than welcome to cut this out, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of say it now Okay, is like um, a trigger warning for those who are going through depression or suicidal thoughts or thoughts of harming yourself. You know, please feel free to kind of skip through this phase. Yeah. This isn't but, necessarily, but also, but also, you should contact someone if you are Please. feeling those things immediately. Absolutely. A hundred percent. This is just a personal story of mine. And this is just kind of how I looked on this outlook. Mm -hmm. And this is definitely kind of how I learned to cope with similar things. And that's kind of how I have that outgoing attitude right. is I struggled with suicide right. for so long mm -hmm. because I... As a family member of mine once told me is you didn't have the right person that was going to give you the right answers that you needed. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I struggled because I genuinely felt that there was no, what's the point of living? Right. What's the point of going on if there's, if I'm just going to die at the end of it? What's, what's the point of this? Because I didn't have any type of self-worth. At the mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. I guess, I didn't believe that anything I was doing was going to be great. I wasn't a good high school kid. Right. I didn't make good grades. Right. I didn't have a great reputation. Mm -hmm. I wasn't outgoing. I was struggling through a lot of things. I've never personally been diagnosed with anything, mm -hmm. but I truly felt like once stuff started hitting me, hitting me, that this this was what I needed to go through. Right. So... When you're face to face with something so blunt and in your face, like, hey, this is what's happening. This is what you're going to have to go through. Right. You better buckle up, yeah. sit down and watch it. Yeah. That's what you go through. Mm -hmm. So doing that at such a young age, I don't get me wrong. I still go through, you know, very trivious things day to day. Like, what am I going to do? What's this going to be? Right. So on and so right. forth. But, but it's my not like Lord, rock bottom. Not rock bottom anymore. No. I took such a bigger outlook on life that I wanted to watch myself improve. And my younger sister has been the 
heart and soul of my life yeah ever since she was born because she gives me the reason to keep going mm-hmm. and she helps me to live for myself right because now she she's getting older she just turned 16 oh yeah not too long ago so yeah. she she's kind of like throwing it all back onto me like this is what you live for she gives me so much confidence and i know that there's not very many people who have that type of to for someone to lean on like that like i did yeah. but yeah. i'm gonna say it now like you continue to live like you are going to die tomorrow. Right. Keep doing right. things. That is a very common saying, but it's tr- it's really true. Yeah. Just keep going until you know that you feel comfortable. Do things that make you happy. Right. Do whatever you right. want. Do what you feel like. And I, mm-hmm. this is so like <laughs> Pinterest stereotypical, but it is so true because once you hit that, like, what am I going to do? You just start doing what you want. Mm-hmm. And then... That's why I truly feel like I lived very quickly and I kind of hit my adult phase. I just turned 22 mm-hmm. on August 3rd. Well, happy birthday on August 23rd. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I truly feel like I'm at the peak of my adulthood now. Yeah. And I, I know that's very silly, but I feel like I've accomplished more than I think an average 22-year-old should have done by now. Yeah. But there's more There's more to come. There's yeah. There's more to come. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so excited. I feel like the level of maturity that I've hit has finally prepared me for everything that I'm going to be doing in the future. That's good. That's a good place. I don't think I reached that spot until I was probably far into my, probably far in my thirties, honestly, where I felt like, you know, where I felt like I knew things, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like I had, like I had my shit together. Um, and and yeah, it's, you know, late bloomer kind of mentality, but I mean, that's, you know, that's just, you know, people, people progress, uh, and you know, at a different rate and based on whatever they experience. And, you know, if you come to the realization that you should experience life for what it is, just live, right. Just, just do what you can. Right. Do what you want and, and learn from it absolutely don't be afraid to fail yeah do not be afraid to fail and learn from the things that you have failed from exactly but there are so many people out there who think when they fail they're a failure and then they just don't try and that's okay because they like to live up to other people's expectations besides their own yeah I feel like it comes from but a that's lack not, of confidence. But, it's, but that's the thing. That's 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 not a that's not a recipe for happiness. No, it's not. Unless you, you gotta figure to flip it out. It. You gotta figure it out. But yeah, that's just kind of a a personal thing. Yeah. Is to live, to be happy for yourself compared to living for others, and that's very hard to do for some people because they cherish like their parents and what they think of them. I don't. I you know now I've I've just got my mom now so. So I can relate. And sometimes I just feel like, you know, I still miss my father, but I mean, you know, this is a way for me to honor him. <laughs> yeah. The podcat. Pod kitty. He's like, meh, meh. Wholesome. So let's see. 
Do you know what flux means? Flux. I've heard of eon flux. Oh yeah. Oh man, that's old school. Yeah. That's 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 liquid television on MTV. <laughs> that's what that is. My gosh, I'm surprised you even know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, flux is basically the action of 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 flowing. Gotcha. So that I relate to a constant state of change, which is life. Right? right? And that's mm-hmm. kind of like Flux isn't isn't good. It's not bad. It just is. It's just right. life. So, and and some of the things that you go through that are shitty. That adage, you know, that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some there's some truth to that. There is some truth to that. Yeah. We covered David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Coinage. Coinage. That, yeah. That change. Coin shortage. Is there a coin shortage? There was. There was sometime last year. We had a massive coin shortage. Oh yeah, you would know because you're in. Yeah, I, I do. Mm-hmm. I just do tech support, <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> I don't handle change. I don't do that change stuff. I, I pay for stuff with my face now and my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and yeah. that was just because of COVID-related stuff. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Because the I, mints weren't operating, or something like that. I'm sure if you looked it up, you would it would you know, tell you why. But it was the weirdest thing. I, I think I heard a conspiracy theory that it was because everyone kept throwing their change in wells. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, really? that's what I heard. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting theory. That's an interesting <laughs> theory. Well, <laughs> well, <That's> so silly. <laughs> My grandfather used to say this. Well, that's a deep subject. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's true. No, I was thinking about coins as change. I did some research mm-hmm. on the Coinage Act of 1792. Oh, wow. Yes. Which <laughs> which established a national mint located in Philadelphia. That was back in the days we had copper, silver, and gold coins. So here is an interesting thing about coins and change when you have to make change. Where did that come from? Why do you call coins change? The first usage of that was back in 16, in 1620s. Got to get my old man glasses off. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Change. Balance of money returned after deducting the price of a purchase from the sum paid. (laughs) That is change. Let me say that once again. (laughs) Balance of money returned after deducting the price of a purchase from the sum paid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was first used in the 1600s, but the phrase "make change" didn't become popular until much later. Really? Yeah. Pretty interesting, huh? Like like it was like the 1800s. So. That's where it became common, but it was just kind of like there's change and then there's I'm going to make change. Can you make change for this 100? Can right. you make change for this 20? Oh, my gosh. Would I get a – you know what? I've got a – I think I want to take a moment and show you a Saturday Night Live skit while I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it is this skit about the National Change Bank, okay. which is – it's pretty funny. Okay. Hold on. Just one second. The 2,000 nickels. Yeah. We're Good not going to give us 2,000 nickels. Unless. Unless. That meets your particular change, change needs. needs. 
Imagine. Imagine if someone needed 2,000 nickels. Could, do you have change? Do you have change? I have 2,000 I, I nickels. I just need 2,000 nickels. That's Please, all I need. thank you. Here, put them in this bucket. <laughs> I'll carry them out. Don't worry. <laughs> I need them all loose. You gotta. You, you can't give no me those rolls. rolls. No. No, I want I want a loose bucket of nickels. Oh, my God. Do you think... Can you imagine if you went into a store with a loose bucket of nickels? <laughs> oh, my God. Can loose, I change these in real fast? It's like not even changing them in just you just go there and say you know i'm gonna buy this whatever and it's like okay it's 20 something blah 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 and then you just put this big bucket of nickels right there so yes to the viewers at home viewers slash listeners right um check out the saturday night live skit for the national change bank the 2000 nickels for me yeah that's it's hilarious that's the best part yeah and, and, they, and they you know they try to do it again after that which it wasn't quite the same right but, you know but uh do you watch saturday night live at all or no so i don't watch saturday night live i don't watch a lot like a lot of television uh-huh. i'm more of like a anime yeah i'm more of an anime person but back in the day i used to watch a lot of craig ferguson before he retired oh, yeah. his show he was brilliant i loved his stuff that was you the know, thing that me and my mom did together a lot one thing about craig ferguson also i think he was as much of a, a trailblazer in late night television than david letterman was back, yeah back in the day because i mean his show was unlike any other show and the same with craig ferguson his show was unlike any other show that I have ever seen. And it was, he was he was pretty great. You know, I think he just got to the point where he was done. You know, he lost yeah. his passion and he just wanted to try something else. I mean, good for him. Change, right? right? Exactly. exactly. He wanted to change it up a little bit. Right. Here's an, one, one more thing before we get into the nitty gritty of video games. Yeah. So when someone says change their clothes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? There's changing your clothes and then there's changing your clothes. Like... If I took my shirt and cut a couple of holes in it, that's changing my clothes. Right. But also, if I take this shirt and I replace it with another shirt, technically, that's exchanging your clothes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you think... I think that's all wrong. That's wrong. There, well, wouldn't you be modifying your clothes? Well, you would be modifying a bit, but I, I think as far as changing your clothes, I think... Yeah, you know what? There's a definition that change is to exchange, which would would make sense. Right, right. I guess, I don't know. But who says modify their clothes? (laughs) I don't know. People who like to modify their clothes. Yeah, I'm going to go to uh, fashion school so I can learn how to modify my own clothes. (laughs) Do my best. Make and modify clothes. Make and modify tailor. Do you ever watch any of those... You don't watch much television. You watch mostly anime. But do you do you do you like reality television at all? Are you, are you kind of the only the first thing? This is so bad for my generation. Is the first thing that came to my head was the the Kardashians. Oh, that's the first thing I always think of is like reality TV. Or um, you know, I watched. A lot of 90 Day Fiance. Okay. Because it got really popular on the internet. And I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I have to watch this. Yeah. I love TV shows like that. Did you have you heard of have you heard of F Boy Island? No. Okay. <laughs> F Boy Island is a show that Nikki Glasser just recorded 
um oh you know like i don't know she she just started her own podcast she okay. you know, she used to do the the not safe podcast and things like that but then she started her own podcast and when she started it she was filming this f boy island they pitched the oh, idea god. to her and she was like oh god that's awesome <laughs> so i haven't watched any of them i think it's hbo Max. okay i just got that actually uh, i just F-boy, bought that. check out f boy island i'm so I hear, scared i hear i hear it's pretty uh pretty, pretty <laughs> if you like those kinds of television television shows you're gonna love f boy island oh. nikki glasser is kind of a um has an appreciation for those types of reality television shows okay and, and i think from what she had said in the past um her appreciation of that, you know, she's a stand-up comedian. That's her main thing. She's been on those roasts. She's really good at roasting people, things like that. But her stand-up comedy is amazing. Uh, and that's just generally her, you know, her comfort zone. Right. But when she was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that show. Yeah. And she was, she was like, on her season, she was like the first one to leave, basically. Oh, my God. She was the first one voted off. And she felt like, you know, she felt horrible. Rip. But, Yeah that's uh reality television shows now that's a change we can trace that that change i don't know is that that's back to what do you think i remember real world was this television show on mtv that was a reality television show where you had the all the people living in the same house and what do you think the first reality television show was the first reality television show because for um, some reason, I think I, I want to say it was MTV Real World, but that's I, just the yeah. one I remember. Um, uh, Top Model was kind of a thing where all oh. those girls live together and stuff. I liked that show a lot growing up, but it was like, so much drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Oh, Project Runway was another one that I kind of liked. There's also, um, it's kind of a game show. There, there's a show for the last three years that, um, uh, Stephen Curry from um, the Golden State Warriors is involved with. He's a producer. That's called Holy Moly, which is a miniature golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. It's so ridiculous. It's like they come up with some really strange ideas. F Boy Island, classic, <laughs> classic idea. It's a, and I think the premise of F Boy Island is like some of them are real, like genuine people, and some of them are just F boys, and they just right. want to first reality show let me take a look what about the bachelor or the bachelorette Uh, that thing goes back so long i know a lot of people who actually really enjoy those shows with the real world that was like the 90s that was like the early 90s let me see tv show first reality tv show let's look it up let's use the phone (laughs) let's use the phone oh well i don't know if i would count that candid camera I have no idea what that is. Candid Camera was a sort of a joke show. They do these practical jokes on people. And and essentially, it's like, you know, like you you put out a thing of donuts and there's someone under the donuts who's popping the donut. They come come up with weird ideas. But it was a it was a more of a uh, a G rated kind of thing gotcha. the more television. wholesome stuff yeah, yeah. not where like you throw a guy around in a porta potty filled with shit exactly <laughs> that's none crazy. of that stuff going on yeah apparently it looks like it it started in uh on radio in 1947 wow. had no idea the version that i would see of candid camera and, and people would just film these people playing the jokes it's kind of like, yeah what's that one with ashton kutcher punked 
That's what that one was. Okay. Pumped. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. Yeah, it, that, mm-hmm. That's basically, that's candid camera. That's what it is. It's like they play a joke on whoever. Um, in the show, there was a guy who would always announce things. And this is what he would say when he was announcing the premise of the thing. We thought it would be funny oh my God. if, <laughs> and then whatever oh the God. premise was. I do an impression every episode. I don't realize that. Uh... Anyway, changing your clothes. Before we go to video games, I want to say one quote, which What's is that? one of my favorite quotes from the movie Fletch. Have you ever seen the movie Fletch? You are a little young oh for that. God, I'm going to hurt your feelings now. Yeah, 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 that's, you're not going to hurt my feelings. That's a, that's a movie from the 80s, so gotcha. I wouldn't expect you to watch it. There's a part in there where he's just basically a smart ass. Uh-huh. Like he's a, um, a reporter, and he's basically got wrapped into this plot. He's kind of like being a detective at the same time he's reporting this, you know, this story, writing right. this story. This person says, I should go change. And he says, no, I think you should stay the same wonderful person you are today. <laughs> and I always say that whenever anyone says they're going to change God. their clothes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's a great I line. Love that. If we're talking about video games. Yeah. There, there is a part where we talked about coinage and mm-hmm. change. And back in my day, you'd have to go to the change machine to mm-hmm. get quarters to put those quarters into video games. Perfect. Yeah. Do you like arcades? Love them. Love um, arcades. The one uh, the downtown. Yeah. Since, since arcade COVID. Cobra. Yeah. I remember when they started actually building Arcade Cobra. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when it popped up, I was like, dang, I would really love to go there. I was underage at the time, so I couldn't go, you know. Right. Um, I would say there there are times when you can go around dinner time where it's not that bad. Uh, and the you 10 don't a, have... It's the 10 p.m. rule that they have here. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. you can go in and get stuff, but then like once 10 p.m. hits, so like all these kids need to get out. Right. Right. Because uh, um, I still want to go, though. They've got a good spread of, of games that, you know... Uh, all all sorts of games from from all time periods but then also pretty decent selection of pinball machines kind of okay real quick though i just have to add this in do you remember they kind of did like a throwback i don't know who i think it was konami konami did a throwback where they had that joy con it was like a whole gaming console okay but with the one joystick and the two buttons on it and it had like 800 games on it like dig dug and mappy and like pac-man super pac-man uh, you and know, you don't know how how happy it makes Galaga. me to know that you that you know mappy because mappy is great loved mappy yep. okay let me just express this fondness that i had for mappy i loved that game so much the cats were so cute yep oh my god mappy was really good and i i live for galaga so changes in video games. Do you have anything that comes to mind? Because I've got a video game pet peeve. A video game pet peeve that well, deals with change, and it's RPGs. RPGs, go got it. Um, I guess the biggest change that I've noticed. So I was the biggest fan of Dying Light. Mm-hmm. Okay, I played that game so many times. I swear, I've I got both endings bought the dlcs and they they're finally releasing dying light 2 that comes out december 2nd or 10th something like that it, but it's been in the works for a while it's hasn't been in it? the works for so long yeah. um i've cherished that game and i don't know why i decided to cherish it oh, well you know i still cherish my other ones but 
I've noticed that when you can play the demo that they have, they mm-hmm. change so much about the game itself that I don't know if I want to spend the money to buy it, but I feel dedicated enough to want to. You mean like changes as far as in the game mechanics? The or? game mechanics and kind of the story of it. Oh, okay. They okay. went with them. I love Fallout. They went with a Fallout kind of route, uh-huh. which is a little interesting because... They kind of, I don't know, they didn't really show too much of it in the demo, but they kind of cut out a lot of the zombie parts. Zombie games are my favorite. Okay. So I kind of, I don't know, I still want to buy it because I'm dedicated, but I'm I'm a little annoyed that they decided to change up the whole thing. Are you a PC or a um, console? I'm a console. Okay. Which console? PS4. And I also have an Xbox, but I made PlayStation for a long time. Yeah. my, My primary is 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 playstation right I, I am forever a playstation guy now but anyway zombies so do you have any strong opinions on last of us uh-oh uh-oh oh my god <laughs> this is gonna be the entire podcast on its own oh boy you've oh. got you've got the last of us rant I have so much about that game that I would love to share. Okay. The, the so, first or the second or both? Both. Yeah. Absolutely both. So the first game, beautiful, gorgeous, 10 out of 10. I would I would literally recommend that game to anybody. Mm-hmm. It was challenging. Right. It was fun. It was creative. It was so fulfilling that it kind of left you for more and you were ready for more. Right. The graphics in The Last of Us 2 were absolutely stunning, gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I love them. When, spoilers, spoilers if anybody hasn't played this game yet. Right. Um, So when Joel did pass, I was was annoyed at the fact that he died so pathetically. Because that's not the Joel that I know. The Joel that I know would have gotten up and just like hellfire. He had a street smart about him that he would have detected what was about to happen absolutely he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't be in that situation but But you know it probably got the best of him because when he was saving said person Mm -hmm. i'm not going to ruin too much but when he was saving said person he was just doing what he knew best, which was to save and care for others. And right. he was with his brother at the time right. to save someone that was in immediate danger, right. therefore letting his guard down without any intuition. So That's, I'm not too upset with it, yeah, but that, at that the same makes, time. That, that kind of makes sense when you say that as far as his, his character. Right? Exactly. But as far as Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. did you enjoy it more or less than the previous I definitely enjoyed it more, given the fact that a lot of loose ends were finally tied. Mm -hmm. And I finally, it's that they have this beautiful part where you basically get to play a little bit from the old game and you play as Ellie again. Right. And you finally get that last tie of like why all these bad people are finally after Ellie again. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, dang, okay, cool. But the one thing that I will add is that. When you're playing this game, you kind of are anticipating what you're not anticipating, if that makes any sense, because you end up playing as the one person that you would never expect to play. You put more character development in this bad character that you end up playing, and it's really stressful because you never really get to play as Ellie. Right. That stressed me out. I thought you played as both, right? You do. You you do. You get to play as both. You start as Ellie, but then you mostly play as um, Abby. Right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Towards towards the end. Right? Towards the end. It's mostly Abby towards the end. And then you finally get to play, but you have to go against Ellie at the very end. Right. That's right. I dislike that, to be honest with you. There was a lot of uproar about about the way that they presented this. How you don't you don't care about um Abby? Abby. Mm -hmm. You you don't care about Abby. Right. Because you just see her as the villain. Right. And the thing is, you don't get her side of the story until after you've built up all of this more of an emotional connection with Ellie than you had previously. Right. right? You Mm -hmm. had you had it previously. What I think story wise, the simple thing that they should have done, they should have started with Abby. You, if you start with Abby, then you learn her thing, mm-hmm. and, and and you don't quite. It's not revealed that she is the villain, or or anything like that. Right. And then once you get past that, then you can then you play as Ellie, and, and le- you, you know what I mean. You, you're mm-hmm. you're putting the the bitter pill down before you're putting the the thing that you want. Yeah. But that's not what the storytellers wanted. Do you think that would have been? more palatable to you if they would have started with Abby instead of Ellie? In a way, I love what they did because they did this they did this thing that is going to yank at anybody who has empathy or sympathy towards another person. Right. And when they took Abby oh, yeah. and they were like, listen, we're gonna add in Someone that you therefore have to care for. You start to develop those feelings for this new character that you play at when you're Abby. Right. And you're caring for this other character. Right. Therefore, you start to learn sympathy also right. as Abby and mm-hmm. for yourself. You're like, I'm this horrible person, but at the same time, I'm doing... <sighs> there's just so much I could really go on about. I don't know. I, I, and there's there's a lot to unpack there. There is. Right? So it's it's really kind of like what you truly believe to be quote unquote good or bad. Right. And that's also been a thing that I've kind of reflected on myself with too. Mm-hmm. And that's a big change. Right. Hence that word there. Right. Um I see what you What did is there. the definition? What truly makes something good or bad? That's the real question. Pers- that's a very ph- philosophical question. Perspective. Perspective. Or, you know, who is to say that what Abby's doing is bad. Right. Right. That is the biggest thing because you can, you come from it from a point of like, is Abby truly a bad person or do you just dislike her because of what she's fighting for? Right. And that's kind of why I was stuck between two different worlds of like, what, what am I going to do here? Right. So that's the beautiful part at the end of that game is nobody won. Nobody right. won. There was no, there was no winner. There was yeah. no winner. Yeah. Interesting. I just never got into the game dynamics of that or the or the story. I'm not a I'm not a zombies person, but I do know um, about that. Right. Plus, plus I've had uh, I drank Cordyceps tea one time, so I don't want to. That's that's the. <laughs> I did seriously. That Cordyceps isn't that that's that's the thing that makes the people all crazy, right? Yeah, Cordyceps? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I had mushroom tea once. Oh my god! Yeah, How did taste, that go? Uh, tasted awful. Tastes like shit. <laughs> didn't didn't turn into a zombie though. Oh. That's good. Well, yeah, that's good. So one experience. So yeah, I, I was going to say with um, another uh, hot take mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. 
um, one of my pet peeves on changes in games, uh, this has to do with RPGs mostly. These games that are like wide open, expansive worlds, and you're not allowed to respec. You're not allowed to make changes to your character or your skills because they have restrictions and you have to do it just right. Now, now I understand in some cases it's part of getting people to figure out the best way to accomplish things, but it's something that generally to me, it's like when, when you put a, when you put a money cap, an in-game money cap on something, you say, oh yeah, you can respect this thing. But only if you have $100,000. Right. And Cyberpunk 2077 was one of those things where I had to have a whole bunch of game saves for different for different ways that I was going to customize the, this character right. with the way the points are distributed in it. And the, the thing is, the only way that you can respect, even with the, the, the big cheat, which is there was an item that you could get in that game where you could buy it for cheaper than you could sell it for. So all you had to do was get this item, you buy it and you sell it over and over again to a vendor and take all their money. (laughs) Right. And it was built into the game that way. So it was sort of a cheat, right? Mm -hmm. But it was like, it was only one item in the game that you could do that with and you had to figure it out. But even with that, it was a pain in the ass to get the amount of money you needed for a respec. Right. Um, and, and also with respects, you could only do, you could only respect your perks. You couldn't respect anything that had to do with any of your, uh, your skills or attribute points. So when a, a game like that, where you're trying to experiment and develop your own character is so strict, is so rigid and puts these things in there that basically discourages you from trying different ways of doing things that's kind of a pet peeve of mine in role-playing games yeah absolutely Um, uh, you're playing right now you're playing assassin's creed right yeah yeah which which one was it again it was the uh, the greek one yeah so it's um i've been playing assassin's creed odyssey and i actually just bought valhalla oh mm-hmm. yeah okay. have you not played it yet have you not tried it yet um i've already played some of it i've only put like about four hours into okay. it so far and how does it measure up to your experience with uh with uh odyssey so far it's i can't really there's not been enough that's happened for okay. to compare okay. the two i guess right um definitely obviously very different cultural changes one is We're greek right. and one is um Vikings. Vikings, yep. yes. Yeah. Um, Which I don't think of Viking assassins. <laughs> That's that just <laughs> that just does not compute to me. Right. Is, you know, right. Thor with his big hammer being mm-hmm. an assassin. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe Loki. Loki could. Loki is more of an assassinly. But yeah. But as far as the the Vikings being assassins, I think they're they're more. Um, we're going to do this right here in front of everybody right. and you're going to accept it. Yeah, they're kind of a blunt instrument. They're yeah. not really assassins. But maybe they're a part of the way assassins developed, so that's the way they spin it. How's You know what? In 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 the whole Assassin's Creed universe. Now, I wrote off Assassin's Creed way earlier than I should have. Admittedly okay. so. And the thing that did it was in the first Assassin's Creed where there was the the main dynamic was 
trying not to disrupt the crowd by pushing them gently to the side in such a way, you know, to me, that was like, this dynamic is dumb. It makes it slower. I don't want to, sometimes stealth is slow, but it, but it's slow for a reason. When you're doing that, like navigating through a frigging crowd, it just was like, I actually appreciate that stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I, do. I can I can understand where people would. I, right. I do understand that. But for me, that's when I wrote it off was to me that just seemed silly and I was like, okay, I'm done with Assassin's Creed. Right. I can so, understand that for sure. Um, a lot of things have definitely changed though. For the better, right? Absolutely, yeah. There, there's there's a lot of um uh, skills and things that you develop yeah. now, right? Yeah, there it's crazy to see how much it's improved. Right. Right. Um changed even change dare i say yeah uh what i wanted what i was gonna say and actually this seems like a perfect segue is uh if you could make a change to the game you are currently playing any change to that game blanket right right what would it be and why well i'm gonna use odyssey because that's kind of the one i've been playing most because i can't really put too much on valhalla yet gotcha um if i could change anything Hmm. I would want to change. You're going to have to give me a minute to think about that. That's fine. Because I definitely think of them while I'm in the middle of it. I guess if I could change anything about Odyssey, it would be about. Yeah, I'm going to have to get I'm gonna have okay. to wait a minute. That's right. a very big question. Yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll answer. I'm playing Outriders. Okay. And what's that? What's that about? Outriders is um, people can fly. They made a game. They made um, the games that they're responsible for. Bulletstorm was their big console development game. Uh, they're they're basically first person shooter kind of people, right? Okay. Um, really cool stuff. Uh, Painkiller was a big series back in the back in the pc days that i used to play that basically that's how i got to know them was that and i think they did some work on a version or two of gears of war at some point in time they did some sort of i want to say that i'm not 100 percent sure so don't quote me on that right but people can fly always love their games this is a game that is a cooperative multiplayer game at its core You've got four different classes, and the whole premise of the story is you're a part of this group of people. You're you're a member of the Outriders, which is basically the military branch of this group of settlers that has been sent to um, basically terraform and colonize a new planet that can sustain life. Okay. Right? Because, of course... Uh, maybe I should say trigger warning because we fucked up our earth. So we're going to a new earth, right? Right. To fuck up that earth. Right. Ugh. People. People are the worst. God, that so really anyway. Of a movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that the whole thing is you've got you, you travel to this world, mm-hmm. you get there, and you've got this type of energy that's there that basically messes with a whole bunch of things and it basically kills most of the population that it comes into contact with but some people it comes into contact with 
it affects them in such a way that it gives them like it kind of mutates them sort right. of. So um, and then the four classes that you can uh, have, there's one that's basically like a supporting kind of healing class. There's one which is like you've got little uh, bots and things that you can throw down. Okay. Um, there's one that's fire oriented and there's one like a mechanic one is one of the ones with the bots. And then there's also an earth related one. Oh, wow. And so those are your four main classes. Gotcha. There's a story that you can play through. And as you play through it and as you get better and better at it, um, you go up in level, which is actually your own level. The cap is at 30. But you also have a tier level. And each time your tier level increases, the game gets harder. Right. So if you're having trouble finishing a mission at a certain tier mm -hmm. by yourself, what they want you to do is go online and connect with people and play them. Gotcha. Play with them. I played it all solo because I want people to think that I'm a bad, I don't care about that stuff. <laughs> I just do it solo because I didn't want to play with anyone else. I, Basically. you know, there, there's certain games I play with people. Um, others I don't, I tried to challenge myself. I got through this whole game and got to the highest, the highest world tier. And then after that, you know, so it's, it's basically very much in the spirit of a Gears of War. It's a kind of a third person sort of thing. The, the, the different powers that you have are pretty cool powers, but it's basically a gun. You get your guns, you get your armor, and you try and figure out how you want to um, customize your, your character. Cool thing is you can respec at any time. Oh, wow. But uh, the story... <laughs> That's that's probably the thing I would change about it okay. more than anything else is the story seemed kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say half-baked because it's just, it's, it just didn't seem compelling enough to me. There were some things that happened that were dramatic, but as far as the way things wrapped up at the end... Um, it, they they couldn't really wrap up the story because there's end game content that that basically is in there, so you can grind and get you know get the best weaponry and stuff like that. Right. Expeditions, which is what they're called, where you you pretty much you can play them alone, but you're you're not playing those alone. Those are really tough. Right. So um, so I've been playing that, but if I could go back and play through the story again and have it be a better story, I think that's what I would change in that game. Everything else that even, even some of the kludgy game game mechanics and things like that. And some of the problems in the game, I wouldn't change those things. I would want more of a compelling story. That would make sense. Yeah. No. So, so have you thought of, what I have. Okay, cool. Um, hoping for, this new change in Valhalla. Mm -hmm. Playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the story was beautiful. It was fun. It was very like it was very short lived. A what do you mean? As it, far as how many hours did you put into it? Alone. So I put an extensive amount of hours in it because I like to look you're, at the finer details of things. Okay. I love so to not, pick and like nick at everything. I tried. I try my best whenever I play games to like a hundred percent if I can. Right. So the main storyline alone, if you look it up on average, is only about five hours. Mike, that seems exceptionally short. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. they really prioritize 
what they decided to do in Odyssey, if you haven't seen it, they have your main story and then they have a cultist group that you go after Mm -hmm. and you go and kill off these people of the the cultist group and therefore it's kind of more than a five hour storyline if you can get through these people fast enough and obviously you have to level up to kill these people in the cultist group right it just felt very repetitive okay um so so what 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 would you change what uh, would i change yeah i wish that there was just kind of more of um more creativity behind going and killing people that there were more creative ways even though this entire game is based off of killing it was a very like <laughs> ironic it was a very cut and dry <laughs> type of um, i see what you did there <laughs> very cut dry type of like leave you in the air like this is you're gonna go kill this person cool next kill next and there was no like creative way of doing it like you can't poison people or you can't I don't know. I like the really could graphic you, stuff. Could you do that in previous iterations of of To be honest, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to upset kind of a few people. I didn't really play any of the other Assassin's okay. Creed games. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. But I do know for a fact that I really like Black Fa- uh Black Flag. Okay. Because of the the piratey. The piratey, and I loved the time frame that they put that in, but that's for a different time. How was was the story long enough for you on that one? Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot, mostly just because of the graphics. Okay. I love that time frame. A. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, kind of going back to Odyssey, I wish they had more creativity behind the killings of these people okay. because you can kill s- these these the cult members. These cult members, you can kill them so fast i guess there's no there's no fun challenge behind it there's no challenge so something like a hitman yeah oh yeah. gosh yeah hitman is 10 out of 10 i love that game i want to you... play it so bad i love watching people play it though yeah mm-hmm. do you uh have you played three yet Mm-mm, no no yeah i've i've, I've played through the, the main storyline of three you know there are a limited number of ways to kill people but it's pretty cool. It's interesting. It's like you can kill people with the banana if you want to. You can, <laughs> you can put them in that. You can put them in the wine press. So um, cool. Once again, my main issue with that game was the story wasn't compelling. I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie where the you know the the uh, the assassin who's wrong to is trying to escape from the group that put him there. You know, it's just right, like... Right. it's Stereotypical. Yeah. And that game is mostly all about the creative ways of, of eliminating people. The focus is being an assassin in Assassin's Creed. It's not just, you know, like if you wanted to just go around and kill people, you could do that in another game. You're an yeah. assassin in this game, right? Right. Because you would think of like fun ways to do it. Like, right. But I get That's it. That's a great thing about it. Hitman, right? Right. Yeah. Like... I get it because of the the time frame, right? It's like, right. well, there's not that much that you could have done about it. False. Absolutely false. Like right. you could have like stoned people to death or you could have <laughs> <laughs> very graphic. You could have poisoned people. You could have decapitated people. Right. You know what I right. mean? Like that you can lure them into into various spots. It's like you're limited, but you're not limited as far as traps. You you lure so and so over here and you drop a rock on their head or whatever. Yeah. Do you uh, purchase um, your games through? You have the physical, or do you go through the do the PlayStation Store? Fifty uh, fifty. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my games actually previously because I didn't have internet when I first got my PlayStation because 
I actually got my first first PlayStation in 2017. Okay. And I was obviously still kind of a kid at the time, so I had to go physically buy all my games. Right, right. <laughs> um, I do... Let's go to GameStop. Yeah, I loved going to GameStop, yeah, actually, because yeah. it, it was, was kind of a, a cool, more selection. It was a community. Yeah. It was a community, right? Yeah, you I loved it. You see people there and talk to people who are really into games. Uh-huh. And, yeah. yeah, I loved it, but... I buy most online now if it's okay. at the convenience of like, hey, like this is right here. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do when the when I get my PlayStation 5 is I'm going with the digital because I don't <sighs> I don't buy anything and if I want to play any of my Blu-rays or anything, mm-hmm. keep my PlayStation 4 and play them on that. Yeah. To to my aunt's chagrin cuz I think she wants me to give her my PS4 <laughs> so she can play Hitman. <laughs> But, oh my um, gosh. but anyway, how do you feel about the change of as far as way games are purchased nowadays? And I, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do less waste, man. I mean, True. I understand if you're a collector, that's fine. Mm-hmm. People like to collect stuff and have a, a, you know, assemble a really impressive collection. Whereas I have an impressive collection of licenses. <laughs> oh, wow. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. But that's, less of a less of an ecological footprint too as far as you know all the waste and all the things that goes into making pressing these 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 things and how much it costs to to manufacture those things i can understand collector's editions i can totally understand having a really cool like thing but but Mm -hmm. it's like i would much rather just buy it online load it done uh do you have anything else you want to add on on change not particularly aside from the fact that i am changing every day yeah developing and i've just gone through a very big change in my life Mm -hmm. so i guess to kind of tie it all up together is like the change that you want to make for yourself to improve yourself is going to by like be by far the best change Right, and there's a, there's a certain level of optimism. Mm-hmm. You know how boring it would be if you did this, you know, if your life was exactly the same. Really you know, boring. yeah, it would just be horrible. I mean, I think that you know people fear what's coming, and not knowing what what's coming is far better than monotony. Doing the same oh. thing day in day out. I've had that job before. Yeah. Someone may or may not in this room have that job right now. It's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I mean that's that's the thing. It's like you know, changes changes something that is scary, but it's also awesome. So Very much so. Anyway, that was our show on change. I want to thank Evan from for being here. Thank you very much. Of course, thank that you. Was, that was uh, I was it was really a lot of fun. So from us here at the two vague podcast this is ben signing off saying have a great day and we'll see you next time (laughs) bye bye